0: You are now listening to the Millennial Travel Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, podcast listeners? It's Matt coming to you with another episode of the Millennial Travel Podcast. And uh, today I am very excited to get you guys traveling through South America. Now, some listeners who have been with this podcast for a very long time probably wondering, when is Matt going to get back to the stuff he talked about on the Live Different podcast for over six years Uh, from the origins of under30ceo.com? I was interviewing successful young people, uh, expanded that to people like the CEO of uh, Starbucks has been on, uh, president of Starbucks. Uh, Let's see, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, NBA legend, uh, Zen Buddhist, Meditation masters, all sorts of really awesome people. So I don't want to just limit myself. And uh, the people who are listening in are probably wondering what what happened to all that. And don't worry, I will be going back uh, to all sorts of personal development stuff that I want to get into. And uh, but have some more episodes than I need to get out of my system here with the Millennial Travel Podcast. So. Uh, with all that being said, let's get into South America. but before I do, I want to give a quick thank you to people who are part of the under30 experiences community who have been so uh, so willing to go out and you know begin to travel and book travel for the future countries like Costa Rica are open right now which is really great the, co- the cases there are extremely low i'm talking uh, as of this recording like 100 a week so that is pretty darn safe if you ask me um you know of course depending on your risk factors but we have the vaccine being rolled out and uh, yeah we're just excited and positive so i just wanted to extend My sincere gratitude uh, to everyone who has supported our small business and uh, helped these local economies get back to work because, yeah, it's been a a tough, tough thing uh, with COVID. But that being said, I want to get excited about the next place that is going to be opening up, which is South America. So here we go. Alright, you can check this out on under30experiences.com slash blog if you would like, and you can follow along and get the actual article, but I know a lot of people would rather have it in their earphones, uh, and I do a little bit of elaborating, of course, through this, just like I did on the Audible edition of the Millennial Travel Guidebook, of course, available on Amazon as well, mm-hmm. if you want to check that out, but this is part of... Three of the solo travel destination series and this guide is designed to help jumpstart your journey through South America. We'll work our way through the continent from Colombia and give you itinerary ideas all the way to Patagonia. And one other thing before I get too deep into it, I want to say that I'm going to try to speak as clearly uh, in English as possible. A lot of these are uh, in Spanish. A lot of the names of these places, of course, are in Spanish. I'm going to try my very best to speak them. uh, Speak them. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to try my very best to pronounce them uh, in English so they can be very clear. Sometimes I get hung up between English and Spanish, but uh, that is just the way it is. So forgive me if I fumble a couple of times uh, like that. Hopefully if I change to Spanish, I won't just keep going. Um, But here we go. So uh, again, check this out, under30experiences.com slash blog. You can get uh, one of the last episodes, of course, on places to travel in the United States, as well as our guide through Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean on the blog, or get it in your earphones where you're listening to this right now. So each section of the solo travel guide highlights a different country, including Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil. There's even some side trips you can take into Bolivia, Uruguay, uh, Paraguay. And those three countries I don't cover as much because A, I have not been to those countries, and B, there's just less visited. I only had so much time. Uh, you could go on and on with travel guides on where to go. But um, if you have six weeks or more to travel, you could travel through each of these countries. If you have less time, you can use this guide to show you the highlights of each country as individual itineraries flying in and out of the international airport. And please enjoy this guide to travel through South America, but remember, stay safe, get off the beaten path, buy local, all of these good things. And don't forget to challenge yourself because we really believe in solo travel being an amazing uh, you know, experience for life and a great tool for personal development. And if you're new to solo travel, you can check out the Ultimate Guide to Solo Travel. Check that in the Resources tab on Under 30 Experiences. So, Colombia. I can't stop thinking about Colombia. You want to begin your trip to Colombia in one of the three major cities with the best international airports Bogota, Medellin, or Cartagena. Cheap flights from the United States can be found to any of these three destinations, including low cost carriers like JetBlue. If you're coming from Central America, my best recommendation is to arrive. Cartagena by boat, island hopping your way through the San Blas Islands of Panama. I have not done that yet, but I am dying to. But if you're uh, more adventurous, I understand. If you fly, keep in mind you cannot come through the Darien Gap from Panama. (laughs) So that is jungle that is uh, just too deep for humans to get through us far as i understand Um, all right cartagena is the second oldest city in the americas and its main tourist area is even preserved as a unesco world heritage heritage site to really get a feel for the city and its unique history be sure to stay inside the walls of the old city and not in the more modern areas the vibrant colors of colonial cartagena come alive people dance in the street Eat fresh ceviche, coconut rice. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Take a city tour and have a cup of Colombian coffee at my favorite shop, Cafe San Alberto, and explore the neighborhood of Yetzemani. It's an artisan neighborhood. Climb to the top of Fort uh, Fort. Castillo de San Felipe, de ba- Casti- just go, forget the whole name. Castillo de San Felipe, or the San Felipe castle you can ask for. Uh, for the best cultural experience in the region, book a day trip to Palenque. Palenque is amazing, look up a friend. Danilo and yeah, tell him, uh, Mateo, the under 30 experiences sent you. Uh, and that is just to say what's up to Danilo. He is a really awesome guy. So, and I told him that I shouted him out in this article and he is really excited. But that is amazing uh, cultural experience there in Cartagena. It is the first town bounded by freed slaves in the Americas. So yeah, you got to check it out. All right, Bogota. If you really want to understand a country different from what the tourists see, I really say visit its capital. Latin America, capitals are often congested, dirty, but if you want authenticity, this is what a place like Bogota has to offer. Um, I always enjoy seeing a city from above, so I'd recommend a trip up Monserrat. Uh It's a vantage point that stands over 9,000 feet above sea level. Uh, you can climb up or go up the cable car. If you're traveling through Latin America, it's a good idea to know who uh, Simon Bolivar is. Simon Bolivar. Uh, and he led revolutions against the Spanish in multiple countries. So check out the park that's named after him in Bogota for a great photo op. And shopping, uh, Usaken, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Market is where you can find tons of artisan goods at local prices in Candelaria neighborhood, hit the Gold Museum, Botero Museum, National Shrine of Our Lady of Carmen Church, I hang out in Plaza Choro, uh, finally escape the city uh, to Parque de La Sal in a town called Zipaquira. So that is a church in an underground salt mine. You guys will love that. Uh, Mariana. Nicknamed the City of Eternal Spring, you drive from the airport and drive down, everything is green. Uh, I know that this has been glorified in uh, you know, things connected to do with Pablo Escobar, especially when narcos came out. Locals are still sensitive about the destruction that occurred here in the 80s. So. Uh, uh, you should be sensitive about it as a traveler as well. So you can go up uh, to Parque Arvi. It's a uh, Metro Cable, another of my favorite gondolas. Uh, you'll definitely get plenty of gondola rides if you listen to where I tell you to go. Uh, Poblado is the neighborhood where most of the expats hang out. This is more high-end bars and restaurants. Um, Metriarca is a restaurant uh, from a good buddy of mine whose wife is Colombian and lives Lived in Medellin for years, uh, you should check that out. Best Colombian restaurant in Poblado. Uh, Provenza is nightlife scene, definitely check that out. And there is a graffiti tour in, to- in town um, And I yeah, sh- check out the local street art Comuna 13 or Comuna 13 graffiti tour. And you can get a link on this of course under 30experiences.com in the solo travel destinations in South America article uh on my list I have not done it yet but is the lost city trek. Colombia is a huge country so I can't cover everything but Tyrona National Park is really amazing from what I hear um, it's a three-day trek it's been on my bucket list for years there's amazing indigenous people to learn from in the area uh, ancient civilizations you sleep in a hammock under a mosquito net that kind of thing is right up my alley, and a lot of people are saying this is the next Inca Trail. So let's move south to Ecuador. When I got to Quito, I was totally taken by surprise. One, it's at high altitude. I was on my way to the Galapagos uh, from Peru, and I just booked a flight to Quito on a whim. I didn't know anything about it, and I was very pleasantly surprised. I landed on Friday night. Great energy. Um, I met with a couple Ecuadorian uh, tour guides there, and they showed me a great time. It was it was awesome. It's located in the Andes Mountains at over 9,300 feet. So this is the area where you might start getting a little lightheaded or just feel the altitude. Um, so eat light, take it easy. Not the not the first night uh, to go out and party, but I love. Well-preserved colonial city centers. I think you will too. You get the panoramic views from El Panecillo if you like uh, these type of vistas. Uh, check out Parque Metropolitano for a great place uh, to overlook the valley. Uh, ride the cable car, hike Cruz Loma, uh, see the views of the volcanoes. Uh, check out Cotopaxi Mountain. Uh, it's the world's second highest volcano pretty close to Quito, and then fly out to the Galapagos. And in fact, there's tons to do in Ecuador, a country that I really want to explore more of. But um, I'm going to cover the Galapagos because I know that well as we run trips there for under 30 experiences. So this is a bucket list destination for so many travelers. It's a little bit more expensive than the rest of Ecuador, significantly more expensive than you might expect. Uh, The currency is the dollar, and a lot of people choose to see Galapagos on a cruise, but if you read the Millennial Travel Guidebook, you're going to know that I really don't like cruises, Um, yeah, for so many reasons, I don't have time to get into them there, but the country of Ecuador goes to great lengths to protect this fragile ecosystem, and if you choose an overland route, uh, you'll pay a $100 to get into the Galapagos National Park when you first land, and then you are free to explore, but there are plenty of restrictions. Um, but what you're going to see there is, firsthand, is Darwin's theory of evolution. So animals there are different from animals on the mainland because they evolved Amongst themselves, so you got uh, you have sea lions, marine iguanas, blue-footed boobies, Darwin's finches, Galapagos penguins, frigate birds. Uh, yeah, just sharks that you can swim with, sea turtles. It's it's really a naturalist paradise. Uh, I would recommend flying into Seymour Island, uh, sorry Seymour Airport, on the island of Baltra. Uh, From here, you'll be a very short ferry ride away from Santa Cruz Island. And uh, explore the highlands. There's some cool caves in this area. Look for the giant tortoises. But please, do not get too close to the wildlife. This is, uh, it's so important that you respect nature. And it's such a fragile place like the Galapagos. So continue down to uh, Puerto Ayora, where hmm did i misspell that um let me get back to you on that anyway uh charles darwin research station and take a short hike to the most amazing volcanic swimming hole called las grietas i really enjoyed uh, las grietas so also on santa cruz Visiting Tortuga Bay is a must-do. You have the largest white sand beach in the Galapagos. You can kayak and snorkel with light-tipped reef sharks. One of the coolest things that I've ever done in my life. Something about staring down that shark all alone in the water. It's obviously very exhilarating. And as I mentioned before... Uh, the date Galapagos are very protected, so there's a lot of restrictions on which islands you can visit and when. So when you arrive on Santa Cruz, you can book day trips to various uninhabited islands like Santa Fe, uh Bartholomew. Um, this is this will give you an even more extraordinary look at nature because of course there are no people in hotels and restaurants and stuff like that. Um, but you will need to go with a local Galapagos guide. So but you're in luck because they're very good and they can give you excellent explanations of the flora and fauna. Uh, after a few days on Santa Cruz, take a speedboat to Isabella, the largest island home of six volcanoes, hiked the Sierra Negra volcano to the second largest crater in the world. Keep in mind that in the Galapagos, you are on the equator. Ecuador means equator in Spanish. So the sun is extremely intense, more intense than Costa Rica, which is pretty serious. I thought, ah, I was living in Costa Rica at the time. I thought, be fine. I did get a little bit of a sunburn there. Um, not happy about it, but that is life. So try not to hike in midday is what I'm saying. Uh, to round out your trip to Isabela, uh, snorkel Concha de Perla, uh, bike the Wall of Tears, and visit Posa de Flamingos, right, where you're going to hopefully see flamingos. Um, take another boat trip to Isolete Las Tintas. Uh Sorry, these some of these are mouthfuls, um, and yeah, you're gonna see tintoreras, That's the uh, those are the types of sharks. So a oh, white-tipped sharks, I think I said in English. Um, to yeah, check them out again. And inland Ecuador, there's so much to do from the Andes to the Amazon. Puyo is the gateway to the Amazon. Uh, there are wildlife rescue organizations in this area. Um, reserva de cuebano. I hope I'm pronouncing that one right. And again, a lot of these are not just traditional Spanish. These are uh, some of these are in- indigenous words. So amazing place to spot wildlife: the tapir, uh, jaguars, pumas, dolphins, manatees. You enter the park with an indigenous guide in a motorized canoe. Uh, take a natu- nature walk. Learn about medicinal plants. Sounds amazing. Uh, ride the scenic Devil's Nose Train through the Andes, uh, but if only, only if you like heights, and you can also ride the ice train in Riobamba. Uh, and Cuenca is a beautiful Spanish-influenced city and known as Ecuador's capital of culture. Uh, art history architecture it's got its all uh, archaeological sites you can see ancient civilization few people know that ecuador has its own section of the inca trail that is less famous than peru uh, and inca trail yeah it's that is there's not just one let's uh, let's say that but amazing amazing places to Check out. Speaking of Inca Trail, we're going to move our way down to Peru. So, uh, Peru, amazing country, one of my very favorites. There are coastal beaches, incredible jungles at the Amazon Basin, uh, magical highlands in the Sacred Valley. Indigenous culture is really rich there. Uh, everywhere you look in in Peru, uh, it's it's beautiful, and the food has become world-renowned. So, Lima. I've been in Lima many times. It's not for everyone. Traffic's intense. Pollution is bad. But I always enjoy a few days in, in uh, Lima, especially down there on the Pacific Ocean. So And the food is, is incredible. So, I would stay in Miraflores neighborhood, and there'll be plenty of fun activities within walking distance, You'll get the best air quality because again, you're on the Pacific Oce- Ocean. Uh, you have beautiful kiss- cliffside parks to explore along Costa Verde or the Green Coast. Um, there are beaches down there, really easy roller waves for anybody who likes to surf. You can rent a, a wetsuit and uh, a board right there or go for a lesson. It's, yeah, it's they're very consistent, very nice. I like that break. Um, and you can walk up the Malecon, It's uh, just like a, well, like, this is a big sidewalk, basically, but to Parque Kennedy, yes, named after JFK, to see all the cats that live there and are cared for by the locals. And then the up-and-coming artsy neighborhood is just to the south, I believe. Mm, Yeah, to the south. Barranco. Uh And there's restored Art Deco mansions that are now boutique stores, restaurants, bars. Really cool. And then, of course, when you're in Lima, you got to go see Centro, which is the center of Lima. All the government buildings are. I got to see the, the... I went into Congress and also saw the president of peru he literally drove by me from me to my computer uh which was pretty cool but check out el cordano Uh, it's a restaurant right by his house and presidents of peru have been eating there for over a hundred years you can get some crazy food in there uh yeah really good stuff thinking like bowl testicles i hope i'm not misspeaking i'm going off (laughs) off script now but they're pretty sure that's correct anyway uh, the of cathedrals, uh, iglesias, which is churches, but uh, Merced, Convento de Santo, Santo Domingo, um, that is a, a convent, uh, the Lima Cathedral, and you can go into the tombs of uh, San Francisco, which I really think is pretty cool. So, not allowed to take pictures there. All right, Cusco, you fly up to Cusco. You, you can't take a bus. You can, but it's like 24 hours. All right. My first night in Cusco, I went for a walk on a crisp, clear evening. And I said, I can't believe a place on earth exists like this. I love Cusco. First time visiting Cusco, uh, Oh, the best time to visit is during South America winter when it's cold and dry in this area of the Andes Mountains. So May through September is a great target date range. Uh, in Cusco you'll see Old World Incan architecture. Uh, with Spanish architecture, sometimes the Spanish built stuff directly on top of the indigenous sites. It's, it's pretty wild to see that history. And uh, you'll find yourself at over eleven thousand meters, so definitely take it easy your first day or two in Cusco. Um, but grab those coca leaves; they're amazing. Um, yeah, local remedy for altitude sickness, and uh, try to stay within Plaza de Armas. If you don't, there's another hotel that I like a little bit more off the beaten path, but Hotel Torre Dorada, and. Yeah, it's awesome. It's locally owned, top-notch service, has a shuttle to the plaza. Uh, they've always taken good care of us whenever we go there, so yeah, you can check out them. Visit sites like Coricancha, the Cusco uh, Cathedral, the Inca Museum. If you're acclimating for the Inca Trail, uh, take the stairs up through the Sunglass neighborhood. It's a, kind of a, it's a little hip little neighborhood um, to the Jesus statue, Cristo Blanco. Great views of Cusco. Uh, you can continue on to Sacsayhuaman, which is really cool, one of the most mysterious archaeological sites in the world. Tons to do in Cusco. Uh, have a cap, uh, cafe. Have a coffee at the cafe Cappuccino. Hit the Pisco Sour Museum. Uh, Pisco is their traditional local brandy. And uh, I give a, in the article I give a couple restaurant recommendations. Cuy. Is there a guinea pig, which is a local delicacy, lomo saltado, de alpaca, right? So this is the cousin of the llama, yes, an alpaca. So uh, yeah, but if you're not into uh, these types of meats, vegans and vegetarians, you will be in heaven too, as there's tons of healthy, conscious chefs from around the world who have opened restaurants in Cusco. Finally, uh, best places for souvenirs the artisanal market and uh, oh, San Pedro market is more of the meats, juices, produce, that kind of stuff. Get a massage probably after the Inca Trail at Cusco Healing House. Great place for yoga as well. And uh, check out the Rainbow Mountains, which you can book directly there from Cusco. Very high altitude very worth it. Uh, Then continuing to the Sacred Valley. One second to pause here, just checking on my recording. All right, we're about 20 minutes into this bad boy. Uh, Sacred Valley. So now you're continuing towards Machu Picchu. We have a very special Under 30 Experiences community project where we work with local indigenous farmers, textile workers, don't miss the artis- artisanal market in Chinchero, one of the best places to buy your handwoven goods. Try to negotiate in Spanish if you can, but remember many of the people in this rural area speak Quechua, the native language. And if you want your fix of Incan archaeological sites, I'd recommend purchasing the Cusco tourist ticket that gets you access to Pisac, uh, Ollantaytambo, Chinchero, and Moroy. These places are are... Honestly, they look like aliens came down and and created them. So Machu Picchu, the only way to arrive Machu Picchu without hiking is by train. So your two choices are Inca Rail and Peru Rail. They're relatively the same. Inca Rail has better branding and think is a little bit more upscale. Um, This train ride through the Urubamba Valley is absolutely spectacular. You get to see Veronica Mountain. Uh, I really want to do the high altitude trek at Salcantay. There, uh, the Lares Trail is another great alternative to the Inca Trail, and uh, yeah, that's on my bucket list as well. Had a good friend who's done that. Well, Roland, our our South America manager, he has done that plenty of times. I'm I'm sure, but um, Machu Picchu. It's amazing. It's difficult to take a bad picture of the place. It's also a tremendous moneymaker for the country. And during peak months, it's not uncommon that it feels overwhelming. It's one of the new seventh wonders of the world. So the minister of tourism there is working hard to regulate the amount of people who can visit to protect it. And uh, so think of Machu Picchu as the cherry on top. It's... I don't know. I I just, I like to say that the rest of uh, Cusco and the Sacred Valley and all that is so amazing that it's, it's not the, it's almost not the highlight. It's the the cherry on top. You got to go and see it to to understand. But um, anyway, we're talking about the Inca Trail. Now, the four day, three night hike was one of the highlights of my life. Honestly, it was really fantastic highly regulated, again, so you have to book your tickets almost a year in advance, especially if you want to hike during the dry season. Uh, only 500 people are allowed on the trail per day, and this includes your guides, porters, and cooks who accompany you on your trek. Uh, I won't call it glamping, but um, they're the ones doing the hard work, cooking for you, bringing your stuff, so um yeah it's it's pretty cool so most travelers biggest question is about the difficulty of the hike which i always answer a two and a half out of three maybe intermediate to advanced level let's call it advanced but not expert i think that might be better but you'll be hiking up over Dead Woman's Pass at 13,000 feet. No, the name does not have anything to do with how difficult it is. It actually just looks like a woman lying there uh, when you look at the mountain from afar. But I suggest training, but if you exercise regularly, you should be able to complete this hike. Um, Your porters, as I said, will be carrying your stuff so you just have to worry about getting you some snacks your water supply uh, up and over through these mountains um and on the blog post we include a hiking uh, a packing list for the inca trail all right the amazon basin of peru if you want a well-rounded trip to peru you saw the coast you saw the andes you got to get to Amazon, venture into the jungle. Two main areas of the Amazon Basin are Iquitos and Puerto Maldonado. Uh, These branches of the Amazon have eco-lodges that range from rustic to luxury. And you'll want to fly into either one of these, uh, these places. You can take a bus, overnight bus, from Cusco to Puerto Maldonado. That takes I don't know a long time. It's an overnight bus, and uh, these these roads are crazy. I will just warn you. But once you get there, the only way to get to most of these eagle lodges is by boat. But you'll get to look for jaguars, uh, tapirs, uh, giant river otters, river otters, parrots, macaws, monkeys, sloths, piranhas, pink river dolphins. And you are sure to see locals selling ayahuasca journeys. It's a traditional Amazonian psychedelic, but the ceremonial medicine is not something to be taken lightly. So be fair, beware of fake shamans to your research and remember that you are literally going to be up a creek without a paddle. So heed uh, caution. I don't know if that's an expression, but uh, be careful. Lake Titicaca. Finally, if you can get up to Lake Titicaca, you are not going to regret it. Take the train from Cusco. Keep in mind, if you're having trouble with altitude, watch out because you're going to go up over 14,000 feet. Um, Take a boat from Puno uh, to visit the islands in this freshwater lake. It's inhabited by the Uru people. And for bonus, you can cross into Bolivia after Lake Titicaca to explore the A uni salt flat. You've probably seen pictures of that on Instagram. All right, solo travel destinations in. Chile. My wife is Chilean, and uh, we are going at the end of the year, so I'm really excited. Her family and friends helped us out, helped me out with these recommendations. So here we go. And I've heard so much about this country. Can't believe I haven't been yet. But um, here we go. Long, narrow country, like a like a chili pepper. Um, and goes 2,600 miles north to south. So that's pretty much as wide as the United States. So you can imagine, big, long, skinny country. Uh, starting in the north from Peru, of course, you can uh, make it to the Atacama Desert. Um, I would recommend checking out the salt flats, geysers, blue lagoons. Uh, it's one of the best places in the world for stargazing clear nights, incredible observatories. Uh, you can take a day trip to some of these geysers, pink flamingos uh, uh, in the National Reserve, Los Flamencos, and uh, death, they have their own Death Valley and the Valley of the Moon. So you probably don't want to miss that. Then Santiago, the capital, you probably heard there was some civil unrest in 2019, but uh, it went away pretty quickly with the strict government lockdowns uh, due to COVID-19. But if you're concerned about safety, understand that most of the unrest was, almost all of it was in Santiago, but uh, there's nobody in the streets right now. I can, I can tell you that. Um, but if you were in Patagonia or Atacama, this wouldn't have affected you very much. So Santiago is a modern city. It's one of the most developed in Latin America. It's surrounded by snow-capped mountains, much like uh, Denver, Colorado. You can watch the sunset uh, from the top of the Costanera skyscraper if you'd like. Another amazing, uh, another Parque Metropolitano. uh, And that is up top that you can look down. It has a zoo, botanical gardens. You can ride the teleferico, which is uh, a cable car, for a beautiful view. Santiago has landmark buildings: Plaza de Armas, uh, La Moneda. What is that? Um, Moneda is a like a like a Federal Reserve building, I think, is how that would translate. Um, Metropolitan Cathedral, a Fine Arts Museum. Um, there's an inter interactive museum uh a lot yeah a lot of a lot of beautiful museums i would go to barrio and that's neighborhood bella vista bella vista uh that is the bohemian neighborhood that's always a good place to get you know local food uh street art coffee shop shops etc And if you can go out into the countryside, Chile has great wines, as you probably know. So uh, you can also ski in uh, Valle Nevado, which is pretty close, about an hour and a half uh, from Santiago. All right, Valparaiso. Now, an hour from Santiago, Valparaiso, is a coastal city where many Chileans from the capital vacation. Uh, the city was a, a boom town before the Panama Canal, right? People had to go around the southern tip of Chile uh, from Europe to go to California for the gold rush. So this place uh, really boomed. Um, people call it the Miami of uh, of Chile. Uh, actually, that's Minha del Mar, which I'll get to in a second. But, uh, okay, so the local delic Delicacy is a choriana, which is a plate of French fries with egg, sausage, all sorts of other meats on top. My wife, coincidentally, or maybe not a coincidence, is vegetarian. (laughs) So uh, she grew up coming to this down, so I wonder seeing these uh, heart attacks on a plate inspired her to be vegetarian. I don't know. I asked her. She said probably. Um, Barrio Concepcion that's that's Concepcion is this neighborhood it's a great way to get a good look at art and culture there's lots of murals there is a cable car here as well it's being renovated hopefully it's done soon by the time I get there Um, but yeah it's a like an antique um, funcular I've never used that word in English uh, but that is the word for that i believe hopefully i pronounced that right um but yeah there's a a cultural park in valparaiso i'm gonna refer to it as valpo if i have to anymore because that's the kind of the local slang for it and uh more clearly understood but calle calle is the street coming is a great place for a pisco sour also popular here in um chile as well as peru and out for a traditional Chilean tango bar if you can. So the town to the north of Alpo is called Viña del Mar. This is what I was referring to as the Miami of Chile. They have national botanical gardens, uh, beaches. If you can make it to Eastern Island, uh, check out that. That's, oh, I'm going to get to Easter Island in a moment, but what is cool here is that they have a museum with some artifacts from uh, Rapa Nui, which is what the traditional name, the indigenous name, Polynesian name of uh, Easter Island is. And uh, there's some dunes. You can go sandboarding there. It gets hot, so watch out midday. Wear shoes. And then something that I really wanted to go and do is get to Patagonia and Torres del Paine. Uh, That is on the southern tip. Well, not all the way to the southern tip, but you fly to Puerto Arenas. And then it's a three-hour bus ride to Puerto Natales, your last stop in civilization. From this gateway town, you hike the W-shaped circuit through Torres del Paine National Park. That will take you four to five days uh patagonia is an expensive trip but again a once-in-a-lifetime experience if you're going to spend the money check out a place called EcoCamp camp patagonia uh, this is where i would love to stay and it's yeah have these really cool sustainable dome shaped hotels um well sustainable domes and yes it is a hotel but don't think of like a skyscraper <laughs> we're talking backcountry uh, eco-friendly stuff And from Torres del Paine, look to visit Argentinian Patagonia, and you can take the bus to El Calafate. Uh, Oops, Spanish. Easter Island. Um, Yes. Okay, so that is 2,300 miles west of Chile, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. After a six-hour flight on LATAM from... Santiago, you'll be in the Polynesian Triangle. It's $83 uh, to get in, depending on the exchange rate. But these remote islands um, have these ancient face carvings from the year 1250. Uh, Yeah, there's a freshwater lake, volcanoes, uh, again, a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Then, uh, as I said, there is Argentina, the very serious rival of Chile. Beautiful country to explore. Very European feeling. Buenos Aires is the Paris of South America. It's known for red meat, wine, uh, fuel up, and then go see if polo match if you're headed to uh, Patagonia for some hiking and kayaking. You can go to iguazu falls which i'll get to in a minute so it's a uh, buenos aires is a big city with a european feel i'm excited about this because uh, when i'm in chile i'm gonna hop over and meet a buddy of mine in buenos aires uh for about five days so excited to do all this i got to do all my research uh here and what i would like to do is check out um yeah, wow. There's a lot. There's an area that's similar to the London Docklands, uh, if you've ever been. That's Puerto Madero. So, more high-end restaurants, nightlife, uh, places to places to walk around, modern architecture. But then nearby is the ecological reserve of Costanera Sur, and that's nine hundred acres of free nature walk. So, pretty excited about that. Um, Buenos Aires is also a top pick for many LGBTQIA plus travelers, and the community has many gay-friendly businesses, so that's great. Uh, La Feria Mataderos is more off the beaten path uh, when a feria is a... Uh, a street fair and Recoleta is another weekend flea market to check out if you like shopping. There's French Tudor style homesteads, there are, uh, yeah, just really cool museums there, colorful homes, outdoor markets, like I said, art and music. If you want to escape Buenos Aires, you can go to Uruguay on the ferry um, and you're going to see the Portuguese influence. You can also escape to the countryside to see gaucho culture, which are the Argentinian cowboys. And uh, I mentioned a polo match. I would highly suggest visiting an estancia, uh, which is where they play polo uh, and el tigre is a cool town in argentina to check out often compared to venice italy uh, has an old fruit harbor craft market and a mate tea museum mate is really big in argentina so uh then of course there is argentinian uh, patagonia if you're already in chilean patagonia crossover as i said to el calafate and you'll be at the end of the Patagonian ice field. Uh, there is a national park, Los Glaci- Glaciers, uh, the Glaciers National Park, El Chalten. there's great hiking, uh, Mont Fitzroy, um, but don't plan on that one because it is uh, more difficult than Mount Everest, Uh Perito Moreno Glacier is another one uh, that's supposed to really be cool to check out. If you've always wanted to get to the end of the world, you can fly all the way south to access Tierra del Fuego National Park, the land of the Fire National Park. Look for penguins on a boat through the Beagle channel, uh, Channel. You can kayak with a guide. Um... Uh, Yeah, there's a a railway there, which is also a a nice sight sight sightseeing excursion. And uh, north, I believe, if I'm not looking at a map, but uh, north of Buenos Aires is going to be Iguazu Falls. So we'll get into that here as I take a sip of tea. We're getting close to the end here. We've covered quite a bit. All right. Iguazu Falls, huge waterfalls, two-sided, Brazilian side and Argentinian side. Um, as whew, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt said, Port Niagara." This has one hundred and fifty to three hundred waterfalls uh, located and uh, located between Argentina, Argentina and Brazil you can hike underneath um, you can cross over into brazil which is pretty cool if you're going to continue to the north then you can fly from iguazu falls uh, airport in brazil up to uh sao paulo or buenos buenos aires uh no not but rio de janeiro there we go uh, all right which brings us to brazil our last country that we are going to be covering. All right. Most people are apprehensive about visiting Brazil as a solo traveler. Safety can be a concern. Uh, In my experience, you should take extra precaution, especially in Rio. Keep your valuables locked up. Don't walk alone at night. Uh, Be aware on the beaches in the middle of the day. That's really important. Don't leave your stuff unattended. Uh, I had a, a friend who got a you know, a, a, just wearing a cross around his neck, didn't think much of it. Well, that chain got snatched, unfortunately. Um, but if you're you're smart and you're safe and all you have is, you know, if you don't have anything to steal, they can't take anything. So um, the level of English in Brazil is not very high. I was able to use my Spanish and... Uh, speak Portanol as they say, it's like uh, Spanglish, but it's Spanish converted into Portuguese, which is actually very helpful. Um, And yeah, we joke about Spanglish a lot of time, but when you pick up on on Portagnol, uh, it it actually works. So that was a a lifesaver. All right, Uh, Rio, I love Rio. Stay at Casa Cool Beans, really amazing in the hip little neighborhood of Santa Teresa they 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 always take care of us and they uh, have tons of things to do and see and they're amazing with their suggestions uh, they're amazing about safety they have their ear to the ground all the time they know what's going on so um, tell you where to get the best food and drink brazilian barbecue i love just hanging out at the corner bar and seeing how welcoming. The locals were um, just hanging out in the street and, you know, they'll just start cooking up food there uh, right on the street and just, uh, yeah, it's a f- really fun culture. Uh, there's the Celeron Steps, of course, uh, which you can go down from Santa Teresa and you can get a, a, a caipirinha. I hope I'm pronounced, I should stop saying, I hope I pronounced that right and just go for it. But that's the the national cocktail of brazil um and let's see Christ the redeemer of course not a fan of ultra popular tourist sites but get there early the views are are incredible like that's why it's world famous this is definitely a city to look Look down on uh, Corcovado Mountain, Tayuca National Park. I wouldn't recommend hiking alone. Ask the people at the hotel what they think. I would get a, a guide um, or make a, at least friends with your hostel. You can go down at the bottom is uh, the Botanical Gardens. That is a very safe place to walk, to, to walk around. Beautiful. Have your, your moment of zen down there. Um, there was there's a good Brazilian churrasqueria or steakhouse over there. Um, Arcos de Lapa, or I think locals just call it Lapa District, and catch a sh- samba show. Super fun. Uh, I hiked Dos e mouse in the Vigadel Favela, and I know a favela sounds scary, but I went with a friend. Granted, she lived there. Uh, but she's petite, fair-skinned, North America. She never had any problems. And um, I did put a link to a guide uh, to hiking Dois uh, dos Headed Mouse. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, let's see. Next up, Sugarloaf Mountain. Fantastic experience. There's a well-traveled hike there um, you can, that you can hike up halfway. I believe, but then there's another uh, hike that you can do to the actual summer summit of Sugarloaf and that is no prior climate experience necessary. I didn't summit Sugarloaf, I did the other hike which you can do on your own and um, really if you want to you know join the big leagues in Brazil you need to attend a soccer game because I went to Maracanã And it's like telling a baseball fan you went to Fenway Park or an American football fan that you went to Lambeau Field. And it's an amazing environment. Watch your surroundings outside the stadium as things can get rowdy. So then Sao Paulo, third largest city in the world. Amazing ethnic food. Uh, There is... The largest Japanese community outside of Japan, Asian markets, cuisine, uh, celebration of culture in this area. Paulista Avenue has mansions of former coffee plantation owners, Uh, again, museums, theaters. That's also the financial district of Brazil. You can rent a bike and cruise around uh, Iberapuera. Park, Sao Paulo's version of Central Park, and Sao Paulo is part of the Atlantic Forest, so the parks are actually really full of interesting flora and fauna. I didn't go as far as calling them rainforests, but I believe they are. And to the north, Salvador. Uh, Solo travelers will love the city of Salvador, Afro-Brazilian city, warm, vibrant, Um, has huge historical significance as a sugar and slave trade hub Uh, you want to check out the main neighborhood to shop eat and dance Um, that one is called Pedrino and uh, you're gonna get Brazilian dishes like moqueca it's a a coconut based uh, fish stew and capoeira shows are popular there pack your bathing suit for for time at the beach and then go to a really cool place called chapata diamantina national park which is pretty close I have some really good friends from there uh, which yeah they're they're actually building a house right now so i am pumped to get there at some point and uh, as i mentioned iguazu falls another really big brazilian uh, attraction but we already covered that in the argentina side so look south america is an incredible beautiful part of the world. And backpacking or solo traveling through this continent can be inexpensive. It can be inexpensive if you're mindful of your budget. Again, be sure to support local economies. Use your dollar to vote for the type of world you want. Many of these areas rely on tourism and the little money you spend is very much appreciated. Outlook to spend money locally rather than in corporate or government-run places, spend the money directly with the people, support small businesses, travel sustainably, protect the environment, and most importantly, have fun. Uh, Again, you can check out my book, The Millennial Travel Guidebook, Escape More, Spend Less, and Make Travel a Priority in Your Life. Of course you can pick that up on Amazon uh, as well as Audible if you liked my voice. I promise I spoke even more clearly for the Audible book and I didn't just run straight through it like I did this time. Every time I messed up a word, I deleted it and uh, yeah, it's seven hours worth I think. I think it's seven hours. Anyway. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you thought of the episode, Matt Wilson TV. Uh, if you want to travel with a group of young people who know these itineraries very well, check out under30experiences.com. Until next time, thank you guys so much.